Good morning. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Russ N. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is August 3rd. I hope it is. It's August 3rd, um, 2021. Today we're reading from page 76 in the big book, the first paragraph, uh, if we can answer to our own satisfaction, and only one paragraph. Um, today's readers are 12 Steps, Teresa W., 12 Traditions, Kim T., our reader of the text is Allison L., Page 164, BJNS. Our backup reader is Jennifer C. Newcomer greeter Susan SH. And second hour host is Matt JF. The reference numbers for August 2nd, 2020, 2021, I'm sorry. 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 17,466. That's 17466. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, 17,468, 17468. The OA Preamble. Well, Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting for our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA, <clears throat> excuse me, OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and carry a message of recovery through 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Teresa W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, Russ. Thank you. Hi, I am Teresa M. from Iowa. And these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for our knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry, out, carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive overeater and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be a service. Thanks, Teresa. I will now ask Kim T to read the 12 traditions. Thanks, Russ. Good morning, everyone. This is Kim T, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Colorado. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to a compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Kim. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 76, the first paragraph, for one paragraph, if we can answer to our satisfaction. I asked uh, Alison L. to start us off reading the, uh, the passage here. Hey, good morning, Russ. Thanks for your service. I'm Alison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? 
If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. Oh, good morning, my fellows. Um, so this paragraph starts with, you know, if we can answer to our satisfaction, obviously it's talking about the questions from the paragraph before, after we've done our fifth step and we're asking ourselves, have we missed anything in the first five steps? Um, and I, I just want to say that um, it, it sounds very like, make sure you haven't missed anything or you, you're, everything's going to fail. That's how I take it. <laughs> um, and, and what really it is, is I spend some time and trust that if there's something I've missed, God will bring it to my mind. I don't have to be 100% perfect and sure that, yes, I've absolutely, you know, taken steps one, two, three, four, and five. I've not missed any fears or resentments, so now I can move on. I found it doesn't um, necessarily work that way. If anything comes up in that time, then I bring it up to my sponsor. And if nothing comes to mind, I trust that I can I can move on and that um, – that there will still be time if something, if another fear comes up, which it will, I'll have time to address that as well. I don't have to, um, I don't have to spend time worrying that I can't move on. Um, and then it talks about the willingness. Am I willing um, to have God remove these things? And and that sounds great. Yes, of course I am. It feels like an easy answer. Um, but what I've come to realize is that I'm very comfortable with some of these defects and responses. Um, they protect me. They help me feel safer in my fears to have control or jealousy or judgment. Um, you know, those things cover up and make me feel a little bit safer. They've worked for my most of my life and they don't anymore. So to really be willing to let God remove these things means that I'm willing to bear the discomfort of being exposed and feeling my fear and insecurity and trusting God. And that's, that's scary. Um, it's not as easy as it sounded to me. Um, and I, I do it every day. It's not a one and done, that's for sure. So it's a daily question I ask myself, am I willing to trust God and be uncomfortable? You know, for example, right now, am I willing to be uncomfortable not knowing who my child's teacher will be? This means I'm not going to use my control or manipulation to try and get the teacher that I want or be in the school trying to figure it out and get things. I'm I'm trusting God and that's uncomfortable to not use my defects and to not let that fear rule how I um, live my life. Um, so I show up and I'm willing to let God have them, which means trusting God, bearing discomfort and doing the next right thing day by day. So I hope that's encouraging for someone that, um, it's not a one and done and that you can move on if nothing comes to mind and go on to step six. Thank you. I'll pass. Thanks, Allison. So now we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day that others might share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or Friday, please step back. So who would like to share on page 76? Debbie from Kentucky. Craig F. Craig. Terry M. Miami. Terry. Melissa C. Melissa. Who else? Jennifer C. There was a C there. I didn't get the first name. Jennifer. Jennifer. All right. Awesome. Christina J. Christina. And there was someone else. 
Peggy H. Peggy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peggy H. Okay. Who else would like to share? All right, let's roll with this list. We have Debbie H., Craig F., Carrie M., Melissa C., Jennifer C., Christine, Christina J., and Peggy H. All right there, Debbie, you're up. Hi, this Star is Debbie one. H. This is Debbie awesome. H. Can you hear me? Perfect. Yep. All right. Uh, grateful to be recovered today. And I just did a fifth step. And um, so it's so good to read about the sixth step. And, you know, I have a list of those defects of character. And I feel so powerless over them, um, just like I'm powerless over the food. And, um, you know, particularly this time, jealousy and fear of economic insecurity were um, some of the main things that came out. But attached with that, I have a lot of um, shame and um, judgmental attitude and comparing with others. So all this seems so big for me to, uh, to fix. If I could fix it, I'd be fixed by now. So. You know, step six gives me a chance just to to bring it all to God and to, you know, ask for the willingness and the ability um, to let these go. And just like with this food, uh, on my own, I could not have the willingness and ability to do it, but with God's help, I could. And um, to get that same kind of trust that with God beside me, I can develop the willingness and ability and that God will take these uh, in his time, not in mine. So anyhow, I'm um, grateful to get to share on this today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Debbie. Next up is Craig F., followed by Terry M. You're up, Craig. Good morning, Russ. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, happy to be here and above ground myself. Um, the, uh, the sixth step, the, the, one of the keys to this, to the, to this step for me is the idea that it's not my job, you know, that, that uh, we ask God to, we're getting ready to ask God in the seventh step to remove our defects of character, that it, that it reminds us here that, uh, we're, we're getting ready to have God remove them, that, that it's not. It's not um, some behavioral modification process that uh, I'm going to engage in. Uh, there was a, um, I, I will tell the story, there's a, uh, a person that I know that uh, uh, talked to, that this was a, a year process that's removing your character defects that you, that you did up this poker chip thing where you have, um, poker chip with your character defect on one side and and the complementary character asset on the other side. Every day for a year, you would drag would uh, draw a poker chip and and that day you worked on that. If it came up fear and faith, for instance, you would work on fear and faith that day and whatever whatever it was and and. You know, the big book doesn't suggest anything like that. It, what it says here is 
uh, in one brief paragraph, it says that we're getting ready to have God remove these defects of character, and we look at them, and we look at the defects of character that we identified when we did step five. We, when we we did a little more than just read our fourth step inventory to our, to, to somebody. We we uh, admitted the the uh, nature of our wrongs, but um, we we look at those na- the nature of those wrongs, and we uh, we uh, look, ask ourselves, "Am I holding on to something? You know, am I holding on to uh, a temper, for instance, because it helps me control?" The people around me. Am I holding on to uh, to uh, my um, uh, well? Am I just am I holding on to a character defect because I get something out of it? And if I am, I I I, uh, I particularly surrender that one. I surrender them all, but I, I need to surrender that and just ask God, ask God to remove that defect of character. I don't I don't go to work on it and I don't uh I don't wait on God to do it. We're gonna we're gonna do this, pray it, ask God to remove our defects of character, and then we're gonna get busy going on to make amends and let right. God do the work inside me. And uh, that's awful hard sometimes <clears throat> for um a uh, compulsive overeater like me to uh to let go of the control and to just say, it's not me, it's not up to me, it's up to God. Uh, here I am, God, take me. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, just give up. But that's what it's called, that's what's called for. Surrender, I think, is the word we're looking for. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Next up is Terry M. Followed by Melissa C. Thanks, Ross. This is Terry M. Miami, Florida. And um, looking at the previous page of the questions, for me, this is a chance to look at the first five steps or stones uh, in building the arch and to see if they are in place. So uh, I love this uh, break right here in step six that we look back and we get a chance to to see where we we should be uh, doing a little more work so we can have um, so we can get the closeness the relationship that we are trying to achieve and then um, where it says are we now ready to have God removed from us so even when I've identified um, those character defects, um, sometimes I, I haven't really identified all of them. So this is absolutely a work for God because um, not too long ago there was someone sharing in the line, and, and I find that I was critical and judgmental even in the partners and um, the, um, girlfriends or whatever that my son's choose and and I I hadn't real We lost you Terry. You got muted. Um 
something that draws us Amen. very close to God. And for me, step six becomes a constant prayer that God will not only remove, but help me identify all the, the character defects. And then, of course, the willingness um, that, he, that, that we may go on with the work. Uh, because, uh, like always, I, I don't want to always let go. Terry, we lost you again. You got, you got kicked off there. So we're going to jump to Melissa C. here. Melissa C., you're up. Hey, good morning, Ross. Am I up? Good morning. Hi, thanks. I wasn't sure to jump in. It's Melissa C. Thanks. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York, but I'm currently in Florida. So um, I'm going to start my timer. Okay. So, um, you know, willingness, it says here that it's indispensable, meaning um, it's absolutely essential. And, you know, it's interesting. Step six is actually a separate step than step seven. So um, why? Because there's going to be a call for my willingness, my my action. And I think, you know, I've I've witnessed, like, willingness kind of getting this bad rap, you know, and um, – and why? You know, I think because people struggle with getting it and struggle to maintain it. And so then even though it says it's indispensable, we kind of mm, push it aside. And I think it's important to, to look at, like, what is willingness anyway? Um, you know, and, and in my experience, willingness is doing the things I don't necessarily like doing, you know, or enjoy or want to do, or even feel that they're necessary to do, you know. Um, but I found out I don't have to like something or understand it in order to be willing to do it. And then, then how do I get it, right? And how do I maintain it um, since it's so important? And I think I got it by an indescribable amount of pain and desperation. That's a huge part of willingness. Um, but then there has to be some hope. I have to believe that the actions I'm being asked to do can have an impact, can make an improvement. And, um, you know, if, and then if God's in charge of the removal, then why do I need to be willing? And how can I even demonstrate willingness? And I, for me, I like to think, um, you know, that this, yes, it's just a paragraph, but it says now we look at step six. And the 12 and 12 has a whole chapter devoted to it, which is powerful. It's one of my favorite chapters. Um, and, you know, I like to think that willingness is, to me, um, with step six, is a lot like the willingness I had to have my food obsession removed. So we all agree, um, or I believe that we all agree, that only God could remove the desire to eat compulsively, right? Um, and yet I had to cooperate, right? I had to cooperate with that. Well, how? Well, I had to get a food plan, right? I had to go to the grocery store weigh and measure my food, you know, buy the vegetables, cut it, chop it, commit it, etc. right? And then God can move through, move in with the process of the steps and remove my desire to eat compulsively. And I think about it's the same way with my defects. I need a behavior plan, just like an abstinent food plan. And while I'm not in charge of removing my defects, 
I can be an active participant and I can cooperate. And I know my time is real short, but, you know, this is a program of transformation. This is a transformative process. And step six is where we begin to really transform. Um, Thanks. Perfect. (laughs) Thanks, Melissa. Appreciate it. So if you jumped on a little later, let me let you know where we're on. Uh, page six, 60, uh, 76, I'm sorry, page 76, first paragraph, for one paragraph, if we can answer to our satisfaction. Next up is Jennifer C., followed by Christina J. Hey, good morning. This is Jennifer C., um, recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. <clears throat> She's reflecting on this this morning, and um just a reminder for me that, you know, I can never lose sight of step one. Step one is the bedrock of all of this, right? So can't lose sight of that around the food. I'm always powerless around food. I'm always powerless around the thoughts around food, everything that has to do with food. I'm powerless, right? And I can't lose sight of step one around my defects. Um, I'm powerless, right? Like I'm powerless over the things that have made me operate the way that I operate at the core of who I am. Um, but as a result of this work, I've become more and more ready because I'm ready for these hindrances and these rocks that I've been carrying around the, 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 the weight that weigh me down ultimately that keep uh, me stuck. Um, I'm ready for God to have them, you know, but in his time and in his way. And so like we're talking about, you know, just the, the willingness, right? So like, once again, I'm just admitting that my way doesn't work. It never has. It never has worked. It hasn't worked with the food. It destroyed me. And then I learned through this work that it didn't work with my, with my defects either, my means of control, my, my fantasies, my stories, all the narratives that I've written over the years to make sense of things. Like none of it actually proved uh, fruitful. Um, so, but here's the thing, too, that I always have to remember as I do this work is that there's no condemnation. Because all of these things were my survival kit, you know, like the food, just like the food was my was part of my survival kit for life. Um, So were these defects. And, uh, and now God has a new survival kit for me. And that's what I embrace when I go through this work is, is all of the new that God wants to give me in place of the old. Um, The abstinence is now part of my new survival kit, like I have to be abstinent. Um, it's the fellowship. That's, that's part of my new survival kit. It's these steps. It's the prayer, the meditation, the willingness, all of that is, is what God wants to give me in place of the old. Um, so that's what this step is about for me, I guess, is just being willing to let go of the old so that I can take hold of the new, um, that God wants to give me. So thanks for the opportunity to share this morning. Have a great day. Thanks, Jennifer. Next up is Christina J, followed by Peggy H. Morning, Christina J from the state of Washington, recovered for today. <clears throat> yeah, in my first, 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 uh, fifth step, I was so willing. I was so ashamed. I was so shocked at the way I'd been running my life with these character defects. I was ready to feel the relief, and um, I, you know, when my sponsor asked me, it's like, what a question. What a question. What do you mean? Am I willing? Oh, my God, please take them. <laughs> um, I had no idea. And, I, you know, I was in such misery for years. 
And as I looked at these character defects, I thought, no wonder I'm in misery. I'm running my life with jealousy, comparison, like someone else shared, um, insecurity, craving validation from everything outside of myself. You know, I have no peace. I don't think I had peace in 60 years. Um, and t to think that I would cling to any of this, please, oh, you know, uh, I was ready. I was on my knees inside of myself just really uncomfortable with all this. So I was ready to let it go because holding on to it, are you kidding? That's going to, I've been working up to now to get that relationship with God. And um, so I hear some weird noise. Um, I was, yeah, what is that? Anyway, um, so ready to have that unblocked so that that sunlight of the spirit could stream in. I realized that this was a big block to what I dreamed of having, the sunlight of God's spirit in me, which I'd felt in many moments but never lived. So, um, But then I went on from here, and as many people shared, it's an ongoing process, and these demons would come up again in me just when I thought I'd given them away again, like in a tenth step or did another fourth step, you know, in a fifth step they would still be there, and like someone shared, in God's timing. So he was still using some of this stuff to continue to bring me to him, to continue to bring me to my knees. It's still there. And, you know, my character defects were like my addiction to food. I was addicted to judgment in my head. I was addicted to jealousy, you know. And, and it wasn't like I tried to be addicted to it. It was just something that was in me since I was a child. And one wonderful woman said, you can't. You know, one fellow said, you can't remove these by yourself. God has to do this for you. And so over time, in fact, just this last uh, three months, I was able to get one of my, get rid of one of my biggest ones. And uh, God used it up until all this time. But to walk free, to walk free, six, five, four, five, six, seven, all the way through, is just so crucial. And so I encourage everyone to really look at this and let go. I mean, I can't imagine why anyone would not want to, uh, but it's a work in process, and I'm so grateful, so grateful. I mean, this this program changes us so subtly, so magically over time. I can't even tell you, and I know many of you know Fine. this. I'm going to finish up. You look back, and you're like, oh, I'm not that person anymore. Thank God. <laughs> anyway, thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Christina. Next up is Peggy H., and then we're going to take another list. Star one, Peggy. Hi, can you hear me now? Yep. Perfect. Okay, thank you. Uh, Peggy H., compulsive overeater in Arizona. Thank you for taking the meeting. Um, this word willingness, for me, I've come to realize that willingness has it translates into persevering without holding on to perfection um, because i think sometimes my mind might think yes i'm willing if i'm truly willing then that means i'm going to nail it you know that means i'm just gonna it's gonna be i'm gonna get it perfect and um yeah that's uh that's my ego talking on page 219 in the big book is one of my favorite um, favorite lines. It says, um, I learn, it's in the last, second to last paragraph, the last one of the last lines. I learn 
It's, and it's from the story, Our Southern Friend. I learned that when we act upon the highest conception of honesty that is given us, our sense of honesty becomes more acute. So that tells me that if I'm doing this program correctly, um, <laughs> this time next year, this time next month, um, I'm going to uncover some new things about myself and my character defects that um, are blocking me and thank God for that because um, as tiring as it can be to um, keep at it it's not boring you know it's an adventure to keep uncovering and discarding because I get more of a sense of freedom and you know it's like climbing a mountain I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm going to get to newer heights and it's going to it's going to cost me. It's going to take some work. But um, I'm going to get there if I persevere. I can't fail if I persevere. This program promises me. Um, and I just want to piggyback on what somebody said about the 12 and 12. Oh, my goodness. Step 6 and 7 in the 12 and 12, I think, are just some of the most beautiful spiritual literature. It's uh, It really takes that dichotomy of persevering and not being perfectionistic and it just nails it I think so um yeah it you know the it tells us um fearless and thorough um but not perfect um we don't have to be perfect but we just have to do it so with that I pass thank you thank you Peggy so let me tell you where we're at. We're on page 76, first paragraph, reading one paragraph, if we can answer to our own satisfaction. And we're going to open up for sharing. So if you shared in the past couple of days, we appreciate you uh, stepping back. So if you've shared on Friday or Monday, please give others a chance to share their uh, experience, strength, and hope. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Jen A. Jen A. Larry, Larry K. Larry. Nancy P. Kathy J. Nancy P. Yvette L. Carrie, Carrie Jean B. Kathy, um, I missed two. So we got Jen A, Larry K, Nancy P, Kathy, Yvette, Yvette, L. And I didn't get the... Uh, First initial of your last name, Kathy. And there was one more. Who was after you bet? Carrie Jean B. That's it. Carrie Jean B. All right, let's go with this, see if we have enough time. I think we'll be able to get everybody. I hope so. Jen A, Larry K, Nancy P, Kathy, which I didn't get the first initial of the last name, the bet out, and Carrie Jean B. Jen A, you're up. Hey, Russ. Good morning. Thanks so much. My name is Jen A. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, step six, you know, I've just done this huge soul surgery, right? Um, I've just looked at all the columns. I've looked at the fears. I've looked at the sex conduct and the harms that I've done, and I've turned it, o- I've turned it over to somebody. And and that soul surgery, um, hopefully there's going to be a transformation. Usually when we go into surgery, right, like when I had my neck surgery and I had three discs replaced, 
um, when I came out, something new had happened. It's a transform uh, transforming process. My neck was transformed. Um, you know, I didn't have the pain. I was able to move with ease. Um, you know, six and seven for me is where all roads lead to. Everything hinges here. And it takes me back to what I've heard other people say today. It takes me to God. Um, it takes me to uh, the power that I need that is going to restore me to sanity by removing. God is going to separate what I used to be like, and he's going to, you know, show me how he wants me to be. You know, I came in here not living with a lot of integrity, never being honest. Um, and today I know more and more when I do this work and I continue to do these 12 steps and inventory on a regular basis, I know that God continues to remove the things in me which are harming myself. You know, it's the ego that rebuilds. My disease loves it when I get attached to things. That's my ego. You know, I have a preference. I'm resisting things. I have a position on how I want things, an aversion, an aversion like an attachment. I have this whole list of shoulds and coulds and woulds and how I think things need to be. And I love the word willingness in here. And when I read willingness in step six for me, willingness, Jennifer Marie, has absolutely no expectations for you. So, you know, I can, I can keep the vultures on the bedpost. Those can be the altars. And those can be the defects of character that I, I hold on to. Or I can ask God to, re, to remove them and be reborn and be remade and be a, re, a, a renewed individual in his life and in, in the way he wants me to be. You know, God's giving me more of a heart like mine, like his. He, God is giving me more of a heart like his in this step. And I have to stop and I have to think about that. Wow, what a gift that my creator would want to give me peace and serenity, well, you know, at the, at the end of this, um, you know, process of doing these steps. And that's what I'm experiencing today. And I experience this transformation, you know, like a butterfly emerging out of a cocoon. Every single time I do a 10-step, every single time I do the 12-step inventory with my sponsor, it's a beautiful thing. So the soul surgery is all worth it, but then you have to recover. And the recovery looks like letting go and letting God remove the defect. I'm not that powerful. I'm glad that I have a power greater than myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. Next up is Larry Kay, followed by Nancy P. Hey, Russ. Good morning. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Good morning. Um, you know, let me, let me not take, let's not take a hammer to the head here. Now, now, if it would serve God, see this God of compassion, of love, of infinite acceptance. If that, if that, God, if that's the higher power, is it a higher power of a hammer? You know, is it a, is it a perfection, perfectionistic higher power? This this creator of mine. You know, then then let's take the hammer out and let's hold on to that hammer tighter. But that's not what this step is about. It's uh, See, the God of my understanding today is a God of acceptance and grace and mercy. I'm not deserving. I'm a human being. After all, God created me. God knows what's in my heart. God, God knows my imperfections. That's the God that I choose to believe in today, knows my imperfection. So step six, with humility, right? With humility, I'm going to move forward. And I'm going to try my very best to be willing. But God is not going to remove my instincts. He's not going to remove my instincts to eat. 
It's a natural instinct. He's not going to remove my instincts to belong. He won't remove my instinct for fear. These are all part of the, the makeup of human beings, right? So for me, with step six, what I try to do, and, and look at on page 76, how quickly we move from six, seven, eight, in the beginning of nine, right? But this is for a lifetime. This is where I'm not a saint. I'll never be a saint. Do I have the willingness to change, to allow God to shape and mold me and guide me? Yes, I can tell you today, I do have that willingness. But let me also recognize I will never rise above the level of a human being. And there's not, the last I checked, there's not one human being on this line, not a one that's perfect, not a one that isn't capable of following basic instincts that we have. And it's going to go sideways sometimes, absolutely. But what do we do? We move forward with humility, with perseverance. This is a lifetime thing for me to grow to be shaped in alignment with the God of my understanding. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Take care. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Next up is Nancy P. Followed by Kathy. Hey, Russ. Good morning. Good morning, Nancy man. P. Recovered in, good morning. Uh, Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. So, you know, in step one, I admit in step two, I accept. In step three, I decide. Okay, good. Good for me. Steps four through nine is the skill set I need to get to, you know, attain in order to have my spiritual life, in order to live a spiritual life. So step four is making a list. Um, and, you know, before I ever did the steps, I was afraid of step four. It seemed like it's just so monumental. Oh, my God. It was like a baby that had to be birthed. And I've actually had two babies, and it's not like that at all. It's only a list. And um, I learned I didn't have to be afraid of step four anymore, um, and the same that I'm not afraid of my grocery list. And step five is just saying it out loud. And, you know, I know what I've done. My conception of a power greater than myself knows, and my sponsor didn't care. So good for me. Okay, so I'm done with that. Um, step six is the midpoint of the skill set, right? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And um, so here's the point where I start to execute and put into practice the things that I need to do to be free. This is where the rubber hits the road. And step four and five are the prep work, laying the ground to actually be free. You know, you can't, it's like laying down road. You can't just like pave over grass. You have to like do the prep work. Um, so you know, asking to have something removed now that I know what it is, which I never do. You know, it always seems it's all a big tangle. This is a way to organize my thinking. And um, in step six, for this me, the agnostic, me, Nancy P., the agnostic, I'm asking for something to be removed, not to let it go. I'm not good at letting go. It's too involved. I have to have it be removed, like cut out, like a, you know, skin mole or something. Um, and I'm in a partnership now, so it's okay for, to ask for something from my partner. It says in the book that if I do this work, the problem is removed. It does not exist for me. So that I have found to be true. If I did this work, I have done this work, and I continue to do this work, the problem continues not to exist for me. And I do everything. I have no limitations, not in my actions and especially not in my conception of a power greater than myself. There is no definition. It's just there for me always. And, you know, 
this is the first step for me where I begin to actually see results. And, you know, I say that with a grain of salt. Everything sort of was boiling away on the stove until after step 11. But this is where it started to set up, you know, in step six. And, um, you know, I keep this, I keep this very plump and healthy because I want, um, you know, I want to continue to live a spiritual life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nance. Appreciate it. So let me tell you where we're at. We're on page 76, first paragraph. And we're just reading that paragraph. All right. Next up is Kathy. I just didn't get the first initial of your last name, followed by your vet out. Hi, it's Kathy J. Um, All right. Kathy J. It is. Hi, everybody. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered in Illinois. And, uh, this this if you just read the little bit before um page seventy six it says is the foundation in place. And the foundation, okay, when we get to six, um, here's the thing, it's about an allergy of the body. So that means that um I've given these these things, these qualities, and and in the allergy of the body when I pick up, it inflates all of these characteristics they get out of whack. It's just like if I had a peanut and I'm allergic to peanuts, it's, you know, or I get bitten by a mosquito. So once, once that's arrested, these things start to calm down, these things like jealousy, you know, and I, in six, I asked God to remove my rage and he did. Anger's good. Rage is not. He, he removed my uh, panic and my anxiety, and my worrying, which is praying to, to bad. You know, that's what worrying is. And control is the behavior of fear. You know, that's the thing I pick up. So, um, and then I'm, I, I was in shame because of all the crap I did while I was eating. And so shame is not good um, if it's extreme. And it's also self-pity. But if I'm in... Um, Guilt, guilt's good. It tells me, hey, you just are on, tr- you're not on the right track. Just kind of step back. So, so balance in the golden mean. You know, the difference between extreme and um, deficiency is where step two comes in. And once I get that, oh my gosh, I I can't. I'm out of control with food. My life is screwed up. And then you go to step one and a half. You know, um, decide, You know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And in between the steps is what am I going to do? And in two, I ask God, you know, give me give me um, the ability to manage my character in a balanced way. And so I had to look at the other side of the defects. That's all the far I got while I was in the food. But there's so much more. And I have to just trust that when people talk about what it's like now, and it's good. That means God removed my rage. I can actually behave with people um, in a way that's constructive, considerate, selfless, God-centered, and courageous. That's amazing for me. From the time I fell out of the chute, you know, I was just totally, um, a, you know, I, I, I had allergies um, to food. So, um, yeah, to face that, and it's not my fault. It's the disease that um, is in process that causes these things. And it's recovery um, that causes them to go back into their normal um, range, like um, with trust and uh, courage and, and all those things. Don. And even, 
Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Kathy. Next up is Yvette L., followed by Carrie Jean B. Hi, my name's Yvette, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Britain, Connecticut. Um, and I love uh, step six. Um, actually, I love all the steps. Um, but I am um, thinking about what the words actually say. Um, you know, we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things we have admitted are objectionable? Um, so I, I think of my relationship with, you know, my higher power as a partnership, and there are things that I'm responsible for and things that I'm not responsible for. And in step six, um, you know, I'm responsible for bringing some willingness um, and knowing what those objectionable, uh, objectionable things are. That's my part. Um, I don't get rid of them. You know, it's really clear. It says, you know, let God remove from us. Um, so I don't do the removing. Um, I just need to be willing to let God do that. Um, and I get so confused so many times about, you know, what's my part and what's not mine. Um, and that's why I love that we read this, um, you know, a paragraph at a time and we really look at what it says to do, what the instructions say to do. You know, I need to be willing. I need to know what my defects are and then I need to be willing to let go of them. And, you know, to, do, you know, make some effort, you know, if I'm dishonest, then, yeah, I do need to be um, willing to be honest and, you know, to make that effort. But um, I don't do the removing. It's, um, for me, I think it's a, kind of a surrendering, um, again, uh, with each of my defects. So I've got to surrender um, over and over and over again. Um, and in that surrender that um, my life is unmanageable um, and then inviting God into that process. Um, God does the, the, the big stuff. I just do my part um, which is pretty minimal in the whole grand scheme of things. I've got to be willing to let go of, you know, my defects of character. And sometimes that's a, a heavy, uh, a heavy load. And, um, you know, it says if we cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. And even gives me instructions for that stuff that I'm not willing to let go of. Just, you know, pray, pray for the willingness. Um, so I love, I love this, um, meeting. I love how we study this, this textbook and I'm so grateful, um, to be able to share it. Thanks so much. I pass. Thank you, Yvette. Next up is Terry Jean B. Good morning, and I just want to say thank you so much to the people that serve day after day on this. And this is the first time I've been on this Vision for You call in a couple of weeks. And um, it's been a tough couple of weeks. I've been working on a four-step inventory, which is right when I should be coming. But um, And as part of my – I just walked through my – fifth step last night with the sponsor and and uh as going through it we we identified um sorry it's raw it's raw it's right now i'm sitting here right now with it and uh part of walking through step four was identifying um what are the defects you know what did i bring to these situations that are all on my step four list and um i did the 12 steps last year i joined oa over a year ago but i've kept eating and drinking my way through it and it isn't until this year that I've really been willing willing to be willing even like I can't say that I've always been willing to put down the sugar or the junk food but but I'm willing to be willing if that makes sense and that's huge for me and and there are some things that are on this list like lying like does that mean I have to tell the truth to people in my life? I have to say, if somebody asks, did you do that, Carrie? 
I have to say, no, I didn't. I know I promised you I would. I didn't do it. And, you know, and I have to not be lazy and procrastinating. Does this mean I'm going to have to step up to some of the things that I know I have to do that, that will bless my whole family, my coworkers, my friends, my family? I know that there are blessings for others if I would just follow through on my responsibilities instead of run away from them. And so last year, I just was like, yes, I'm willing. God, take my character defects. They are yours. But I didn't, I didn't mean it. I didn't know I didn't mean it. But now I get it. And I'm just so grateful. It's so amazing. Here I call in, and this is right where you guys are. <laughs> and I'm just so grateful for all of you. And I'm really grateful for this journey. And thanks a lot. And with that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you. So we have time for one more share. One more share. We should be able to get it in. Who would like to share on this? Chris, I know you don't. Oh, there you go. You saved us. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, so thanks so much uh, for your service. Um, the, the thing that really uh, stood out for me when we read this this morning is uh, the word indispensable. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Um, you know, didn't look that up in the dictionary or anything, but, you know, indispensable is, is you know, we, we have to, uh, there's no other way. It's just, there's no other way. We can't replace it with anything else. <clears throat> and, you know, this is something that uh, I, I I say to myself, say to my higher power whenever whenever I get stuck. It's just you know the the willingness. You know, I ask myself, I ask, am I am I willing? Am I surrender? And you know, that's another thing when I'm when I'm speaking to my higher power, when I'm praying to my higher power. You know, willingness surrender I use that word I use the word surrender a lot because it 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 just really I can picture myself giving over like physically taking that um, control and you know the everything I'm holding on to I'm literally handing it over to my higher power surrendering surrendering it such a powerful word but, um, you know, the willingness has, to, you know, willingness of being indispensable. Like, I can't do it any other way. You know, we're now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we've admitted are objectionable. And, you know, every single one. Can he now take all, every one? The, the words used in this paragraph are just, you know, amazing to me in the word cling so i'll I'll finish off with that and um thanks everybody for your service thanks for being here my pass thank you chris appreciate it you're going to be our last share and we thank everyone who shared today also thank you team tuesday for your service please join us for a second hour second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing So the share ID for today, Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021, is 17,000. 
475. 17475. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. So, will Jane S. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive on. Yes, thank you. My name is Jane S. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful to be here. Thank you, everyone, for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We should be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.